name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The word Advent means coming. The season of Advent is a season that prepares us for the coming of Christ, both in our celebration of Christmas, the Incarnation, and at the end of time. Our Advent collect contrasts the humility of Christ's first coming in a manger with the glorious majesty of his coming again in, at the end of time, and exhorts us to, to receive the humble Savior, to cast off the works of darkness now, so that we'll be ready to, to meet Christ when he comes again in glory at the end of time. We know how to prepare for Christmas, but it is somewhat of a challenge to figure out how to make practical sense of the second coming. And much of the difficulty here stems from bad teaching. The most grievous error with regard to the second coming is when someone predicts a date. We've had not a few of those over the last generation or so. Since the Bible tells us that we cannot know the time of the end, we know that anyone who tries to predict the time of Christ's coming is therefore by definition a false prophet. In Bible times, the Bible prescribed that such people should be stoned to death. In our time, they simply write another best-selling book. There's also confusion about what the Bible means when it talks about, quote, the coming of Christ and the end of the age. In the New Testament, when the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? He gave an answer that focused on his coming in judgment on Jerusalem in AD 70, an event that marked the end of the old covenant age. Many have mistakenly thought that this framework of this teaching referred to the end of time. When prophecies that were aimed at the first century are lifted out of context and applied to various things 2,000 years later, serious errors occur and have occurred and caused a lot of trouble for a lot of people. We will see this in our gospel next Sunday, so give a little entree to next Sunday's gospel to think about it. Jesus will say, quote, The Son of Man will come in a cloud with power and great glory. And then he will say of that event, This generation, that is the one to whom he was talking, will not pass away till all be fulfilled. Serious error results when we do not take Jesus at his word. Such end times and prophecy hysteria misses the main point of the second coming, namely that Jesus is the end or goal of life, of time, and of the creation. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. All things come from him, and all things ultimately find their completion in him. This is what Ephesians calls, quote, the mystery of God's will. 
as it says, quote, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both things in heaven and things on the earth. The church calendar learned, teaches us to think about time beginning and ending in Christ. Today is actually the beginning of a new year. Our time begins in Advent, which is a season of expectation that looks forward to the coming of Christ. And when Christ comes at Christmas, this is a fulfillment. It is what Galatians calls the fullness of time. This season, or this time of expectation and fulfillment, then leads to another season of expectation, Lent, which leads to fulfillment in the resurrection of Easter and in the gift of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. In the church, we constantly live, constantly experience time in these repeated cycles of expectation and fulfillment. And these cycles teach us to look forward to that ultimate fulfillment, which is the consummation of all things in Christ. In church, we learn that Time begins and ends in Christ each week. For Sunday is the Lord's Day, which is both the first and eighth day, the first and last day of the week. It is the eighth day, and in that chronology of Holy Week, Jesus finished his work on Friday, the sixth day. He rested on the Sabbath, the seventh day, and he rose on the eighth day to the work of the old creation and bring forth the new creation. So the eighth day is the beginning of the new creation, but it's also the first day, the beginning of the new week of the new creation. As we learn to think in time this way, we begin and end our time in Christ. Our time begins in, in Christ at the altar. We go out into the world and we return to Christ at the altar. Christ is the beginning and the end of our time. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The liturgy is, in fact, a continuous dress rehearsal for the second coming of Jesus. The same Jesus who will come to us in glory at the end of time comes to us now each week in the sacrament. To prepare us to meet Jesus, the liturgy asks us certain questions. Are you sorry for your sins? Are you reconciled with your neighbor? Are you going to live in a new way? As we receive Christ in the sacrament as a half of life continually, we cultivate a constant state of readiness. We are like the wise virgins who keep our lamps burning, waiting for our Lord to come, waiting for his presence here in the sacrament to give way to that ultimate personal and full appearance and glory. Jesus comes to us every day and other people. As Jesus himself said in Matthew 25, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. We practice getting ready to meet Jesus by loving him when he comes to us every day 
in our brothers and sisters in Christ, and in all who bear the image of God. Jesus comes to us every day in the ordinary events of our lives. In the way he constantly brings his new creation out of the disorder and chaos of our fallen condition. We receive Christ now by accepting his grace and forgiveness, his work in our lives, by giving thanks to God for Christ's redeeming presence, and by doing the good works he has prepared for us to walk in. Our belief that Jesus is coming again does not mean we believe that he is absent now. Rather, his appearance in glory will fulfill our current experience of his presence. Jesus is with us always now, but his presence is, as it were, veiled. We see Jesus rightly and respond to him rightly now only through eyes of faith. At the second coming, the veil will be removed, and every eye will see Christ clearly. We might think of this as the revealing of dimensions of reality that are now hidden from our eyes, the bringing to light of things that are now hidden in darkness. Advent is thus a season to reorient our lives towards Christ, who is the true end of our lives, of creation, of time, of all things. This will always begin with a renewed commitment to the life of prayer. Our life of prayer consists of the practical details of how our time actually begins and ends in Christ. Our lives will not be oriented towards Christ until we develop disciplines of prayer that actually cause each day, each week, each year to begin and end in Christ. How is your life of prayer? Does your experience of time begin and end in Christ? Do you habitually begin your week at the altar and then return at the end of the week to meet Christ again? Do you begin and end your day with a daily office? Do you cultivate an attitude Prayer without ceasing. Advent is also a season to fast, a hard thing sometimes in our uh, culture where Advent is laden with Christmas parties and things like that. It's hard to uh, bring a penitential a fasting cast to Advent. But as spiritual discipline, it's very necessary to do this. We cannot change unfaithful routines that orient us away from Christ until we detach ourselves from faulty thoughts of behavior, faulty thoughts of thinking that hold us captive. Fasting is a discipline of detachment. We can ask ourselves as we look at Advent, what thing, what activity has too great a hold on us now at this point in time in our Give that up for Advent.
as you pray and fast, learn to look for Jesus in the people you see every day. Respond to those you live with, those you work with, those you play with as unto Christ. As the epistle says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. <coughs>